prosecution outlined how accounting practices what fuck? What? did not What kind of likeness is that? If they were great artists, they'd be in a museum. I'm fucking fodder for cartoonists now. I'm your host, JB, with my co-host, Cam. Welcome to another episode of Gutter Boys. Gutter Boys is a small press comics podcast about the ins, the outs, the highs, and the very deep lows of making comics. Today's guest is LA-based cartoonist Gabe Mason Howell. We talk about their newest book, Overshadowed by a Castle, released by Bread Press. Uh, We also talk a bit about their new short, which previews uh, an upcoming book that they have in the works. Uh, But before we get into that, we have our usual shout-outs and news to cover. All right, so news-wise, we're going to talk about uh, Sex Pest and uh, previously covered comics writer Warren Ellis. Uh, he's back in the news because uh, his Image Comics book called Fell, which was, God, probably from 10 years ago at this point, if not more, uh, was announced that it was coming back with artist uh, Ben Temple-Smith. Uh, I don't know who was asking for that, to be honest. I'm assuming that Warren just had to kind of fall back on his creator-owned properties and uh, try to get a bag. And uh, Image announced that they were going to be involved with releasing this, and uh, they they put out a statement saying more news to come along with like, you know, your typical press, like announcing, you know, that the book was coming back, blah, blah, blah. Uh, of course, the Internet, you know, went up in flames about this because uh, Warren is a uh, known sexual. Well, I, is he a sexual predator? I don't think there's anything being confirmed. Yeah, yeah, I think it's all just kind of like grooming. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And using. Yeah. Using just his some, position. Yeah, of I think power. it's just, yeah, general shady behavior. Yeah. Yeah, like, you know, Warren, you know, just he had a website with a uh, message board on it and he was very active in uh, posting there and he would do shady shit, like ask the members to post photos of themselves and then he would scroll through and then find the women and the ones that he thought were attractive. He would start DM conversations that turned into video chat, phone calls, you know, explicit photos exchange and so forth. Hmm, Sounds like someone Um, else we know. Hmm. Anyway, (laughs) continue. Sorry to... (laughs) <laughs> so, no. Uh, so, of course, you know, everybody was fucking pissed being like, you know, why is Image allowing this to happen? Yada, yada. Image actually, I can't say that this was there before this happened, but it's definitely there after it happened. But if you actually go to the Image Twitter account, their little bio header now says, reminder, creators are not employees of Image. They are independent and speak for themselves. So, they updated this bio or it was already there. I don't know. But I noticed this before they made an official statement. But because everybody, you know, rightfully so. So uh, we're up in arms about this image release a statement that said this week's fell announcement was neither planned nor vetted and was in fact premature. While finishing Warren Ellis and Ben Temple Smith's Fell is something we've been looking forward to for years, Image Comics will not be working with Warren on anything further until he has made amends to the satisfaction of all involved. And after it we is pay our sin- him. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> 
It is our sincere hope that the conversations that are beginning now will result in positive changes for everyone. Yeah, okay. Please, yeah, please visit so many of us.com. Also, I encourage everybody, if you don't know anything about this, and, you know, trigger warning, there's a lot of graphic stuff on there. No photos or anything, but there's testimonies from over 30 women. If you go to so many of us.com, it outlines the entire, like, two decade long saga of Warren Ellis being a creep. It's, I shouldn't be laughing about this, but, like, they've got his ass so hard that, like, that there's subsections of the website and there's actually like a visual graph that they've made. It says visual timeline. Yeah, if you click visual timeline, there is two decades worth of years and like a bar graph of how many women that he, you know, was shady to. And it's like, you know, just up in the 20s, like at the peak. And like I said, that's not funny at all. That's fucking horrible. But the fact that they've got his ass so hard that they're making graphs about the shit is insane. Yeah. When you have a PowerPoint presentation about the people <laughs> you've harassed online, that's probably yeah. not a good thing. <laughs> no. So, but we do you know i recommend you to check out that website if you want to know it pretty much outlines all of it and also there's been an update as of uh we're recording this saturday june 26th but as of the 24th there was an update to so many of us.com that said author warren ellis reached out to this collective for the first time today we'll update this site when appropriate as we attempt to begin a transformative justice journey for full transparency with permission we've included his message below it's a screenshot of uh an email from warren ellis where he wrote in saying Need i was top <laughs> <laughs> if you just doubled down. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, but no, Warren's email said, I was made aware today of the offer of a mediated dialogue. I'm available at the above noted email address. It's blanked out to begin a conversation at your convenience. Please let me know how this will work. W. It's good that they're, you know, wanting to make amends. I don't know if this is like some, I'm assuming that this is something, this dialogue that they're talking about having is something that every woman involved with this website is, you know, agreeing upon. At least I hope so. But also this idea of rehabilitating a comics writer who was a sex pest so he can work again is kind of weird. But I mean, is this what, is this what the future looks like post cancel culture? You know, I think the idea of incentivizing stuff like this is kind of the logical conclusion of the movement. If I'm being perfectly (laughs) honest, (laughs) I mean, so it's like Warren Ellis completes like a 12 step program and then he gets to do fellow image comics again. Like everybody just forgives him because the original victims forget, like, you know, I just, I'm not doubting it. You know, whatever works, it's just, it's, it's weird. I don't think I've ever seen anything like that before. Yeah. I mean, here's my thing. Look, people make mistakes. Yeah. People don't make mistakes for 20 plus years. That's not a mistake. That's just 20 plus behavior. women a year. Yeah. Yeah. You cannot change that. You can. Have you seen a Clockwork Orange? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I mean, my point is, is like, you cannot change that behavior. Like he needs to see a therapist in order to change that behavior, which he won't. Yeah. So if, I don't see the point in any of this. Email. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Like it's, you can't like, you know, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. I mean, look, it's not really my place. Like if, if the women, you know, the survivors of this want to mediate a dialogue with him and forgive him and that, you know, allows him back into, that's their prerogative. You right, know, I don't Yeah, really, They should be allowed to have that opportunity to yeah. confront the guy and, and, you know, get an apology. And if they wish to do so, forgive him. That's fine. Yes, I, I, I have no problem. Nobody should have a problem with that. But no, my main beef is, is like, that doesn't mean he should just automatically be able to get as many jobs as he wants after this. Right. It's like, 
Well, you get like a graduate, a paper diploma. I graduated cancellation college. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, right. <laughs> like I can work here again. And I've been rehabilitated. Yeah, like, no, I don't buy that. Yeah, like there, there's degrees to it. Like you said, there's like, you know, people fucking up and then there's two decades worth of shit. You know, right, there's, yeah. there's varying degrees to this. Yeah, imagine um, Bill Cosby being like in prison and be like, I have learned from my mistakes and <laughs> I will do better. With my four years left on earth yeah right yeah. <laughs> i won't rape anybody <laughs> jesus christ god yeah, yeah so it's it, weird I, I, I don't i don't trust it but like I, you know like we said earlier fucking whatever these people want to forgive them that's great yeah if warren wants to put on a show and say like he's learned to, to be a better person fine fucking who yeah. cares but yeah I, again i think this is just them giving image permission to make more money that's it yeah that's all I, it I, is I, I think, yeah, and uh, go ahead and mark our words here on the show. Uh, 2023, we'll see Phil from Image Comics. Another way that bullying works, folks. They say <laughs> bullying doesn't work. Twitter bullied Image Comics into doing this. So, yeah. You want to get into shout outs? Yeah. So, yeah, let's go ahead and get into shout outs. Uh, as always, if you want to send us comics in the mail, DM our account. I will send you our addresses and uh, we'll shout you out on the show. And we're going to be a lot better about posting them actually on our feed so they're there permanently instead of just in the story, something that goes away. That way, you know, we, we get a lot of DMs of people like going back and listening to the old episodes, which is kind of cool because of the guests, but also like bizarre when they say they go back to episode one. <laughs> but whatever, you know, like that's cool. But uh, so if you all want to ever check out the work that we shout out on the show, we're in the process of posting that all on Instagram right now. And um, I did put a story up. If you sent us work in the past, uh, if you haven't DM me already, please DM our show account so I can make sure to post that. Um, but yeah, some cool comics we got in the mail this week. Uh, what'd you get, dude? Yeah. So technically, I didn't get this this week. I got this last week. I just have yeah. been a little behind on all the stuff that I've gotten in the mail. But this is a copy of Himitsu Sentai Go Ranger by the legendary Shitaro Ishinomori, my buddy Kenshi who uh, works at Seattle's own... Well, technically, it's not in Seattle, now that I think about it. Is it in Seattle? It's like in a uh, suburb. I've never been. Yeah, Arcane. Anyway, Arcane yeah. Comics. Go check them out if uh, you're in the Pacific Northwest near Seattle. Great comic shop. I actually got to visit there when I uh, visited for Emerald City a couple years back. They're very accommodating, very very cool people. Everyone that works there, uh, they're very sweet. Hell yeah. And uh, this is a book that I've been meaning to get anyway, after you, Cam, had brought it to my attention. So I've got a copy. So I'm super thankful for that. Thank you very much, Kenshi. Yeah, that rocks. Uh, that book is great. The publisher on that, it's like Seven Seas, I think. Yes, yeah, Seven Seas Entertainment. Yeah. They are doing a loop in the third hardback collection of like greatest cases uh, oh, that I'm really looking shit. forward to that comes out in November. But I think it's going to have that same format because they've been uh, collecting like the Go Nagai stuff in that kind of matte feeling hardback format. Hell yeah. Cutie Honey, Devil Man, all that shit's been coming out. So they're doing good stuff. You know, I'm pretty sure Ishinomori also did the Common Rider comics. Oh, that's another thing that's coming out. Yes. So I knew I was, yeah. So I was like, there was another thing. I was like, okay, there's a loop in the third book and there's something else that I'm going to buy this year. And they're putting out Common Rider in December. Are they doing just the original run or are they doing like Common Rider I, Amazon and all the other? I don't know. Let me look up the solicitation for okay. it. Because got... if, if they do Amazon, I would also pick that shit up because that's, uh, I love that show. And I think uh, the manga from what I've seen looks pretty sick. Okay. So I'm assuming this is going to just be based on sales. If this thing sells, we'll probably get everything, but it looks okay. like. 
like okay. December, yeah, December 14th, Common Rider, the classic manga collection, volume one. Hell yeah. Is coming out. Okay. So it looks like they're starting at the beginning. So yeah, if you want to see that stuff, everybody buy copies of it. So this later stuff comes out because that's the only way future comics get made because they pay for the licenses to this stuff. And if right. they don't recoup their money, they're not going to print volume seven. Right, right. But um, yeah, they're doing good stuff over there. Who else sent us some stuff? Oh, so uh, we also want to shout out Patrick Keck. Patrick sent us over two issues of his comic, Crusher Loves Bleeder. Um, I'm actually a big fan of Patrick's work. He had done a uh, bootleg Batman comic called Twilight of the Bat with Josh Simmons. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he had done that. And um, he also just recently this summer, or maybe it was the spring, put out a uh, really nice book with Fantagraphics called Peepers. Definitely recommend checking that out. Uh, You can find Patrick online at Pat. P-A-T dot Keck, K-E-C-K. Uh, give them a follow and definitely check out their comics because, uh, you know, I'm a fan and it's really cool when I'm a fan of someone and they end up sending work into us. So thanks for that, Pat. Peepers is a great book. Yeah. He also sent along a letter. Hey, JB. Love Gutter Boys. Caught up on all the shows over the last year. Y'all are great at talking shop. Hell yeah. I recently finished these two mini comics this year called Crusher Loves Bleeder, Bleeder Loves Crusher, written by my friend Thomas Stemrick and drawn by myself. Hope you dig them. I also had my first solo graphic novel come out in January from Fanagraphic. Check it out if you're into these minis. I'd be happy to come on the show sometime to talk comics. Kindly and warmly, Patrick. Yes, we will definitely want to have you on at some point. So keep up the good work and we will be talking to you soon. Yeah, we're going to get Patrick on for an episode once we uh, get through our guests, our list of guests that we have uh, on deck. So look forward to that in the distant future, I suppose. Yeah, relatively. Yeah, it'll it'll happen. It'll happen. Yeah, it'll happen. Yeah. Uh, we also got a bunch of comics from Andrew Neal. They sent us over two packs full of their work. I'm guessing this is probably their entire body of work. Yeah, it's like the first uh, six issues of Meeting Comics collected into the Ad House book, as well as all the floppies, which I believe there was 18, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Haven't made my way through all of them yet, but, you know, Andrew's a cool dude making cool work. And uh, you could follow them online at Wander underscore Lane on Instagram. And then the last package we received is from Jay Red. Uh, they sent over Abducted, which is a five issue sci-fi horror comic, and it's presented in a really nice box. Yeah. The packaging for this whole thing is really Above well and beyond. Done. Yeah. So, uh, it's a comic. You could check their stuff out at abductedthecomic.com. Jay Red is the artist. Uh, it was written by uh, Zach Herring. It looks like it's five issues based off the box they sent us. It's like a really nice like box. It's an alien abduction story, so it looks like a secret file. The box does, and then you open it up, and it's got five floppies in it. Yeah, and they're all uh, bagged and carded. It's uh, pretty slick. Yeah, really nice presentation. Yeah, so you could check out Abducted the Comic on Instagram at, at abducted the comic or abducted the comic.com and j red is on instagram at j j a y underscore red red underscore art so yeah thanks for sending that in jared um i read the first issue haven't gotten around to reading the last four but good work great work on presentation as well all right we also got some emails of like digital copies moving forward just as a reminder we will not shout out digital comics yeah if, if you want us to shout it out and discuss it you have to send us physical copies. That's just kind of how we do things. We we see comics as more of a physical medium more than anything else. It's nice to like read the story and look at the art and preview it. 
But in terms of like actually experiencing the work, we kind of need physical copies. So yeah. And I mean, you know, just being full disclosure, if we opened up digital submissions, we would probably never get around to reading them. With yeah. How many we would get. Um, right, right. Exactly. You know, we made the story online about, you know, if you sent us previous work or if you wanted to send us work, we would shout you out. Definitely shout out to everybody that got our addresses and is sending us stuff. You know, we're definitely going to make sure to plug everything for that. But um, a lot of people just said, hey, you know, can I send my digital comic? And that's fine. But we can't guarantee you that we're going to read that. I'm I'm not going on my computer to read comics. I'll tell you that much. Right. Yeah. I, I personally work on comics like on my computer. I associate the computer with work. Right. Right. So, um, and it's nothing personal, you know, and if you really want us to take a look at your comic online, you know, just send us an email with more than, hey, I've got a comic. Can I send it to you? You know, if you really are passionate about it and, you know, you can't afford to print it and you really want us to look at it, you know, just let us know. We're yeah. not completely against digital comics. It's just, right. you know, the frequency that we get them, it's just, it'd be impossible to cover. I mean, we do read most of what we get in via email, but if it gets lost in the cracks, uh, it, it won't get brought up, obviously. Yeah. We recently did get some PDFs from a guy named Jack McQueen. He is a longtime listener of the show, so shout out to Jack for that. Yeah, thank you. They sent us over, it looks like an anthology series that they put together called mm -hmm. Nightlife Noir. Looks pretty good, but like I said, kind of hard to really gauge it just as a PDF. So, uh, we look forward to seeing more work, but yeah, like we said earlier, send us physical copies if you want us to really delve into it. Yeah, there was uh, an artist there that Jack collaborated with in one of the issues named Alfredo Torres. Uh, really liked their work. It stood out to me. I read the uh, first issue of what they sent. So, yeah, like we said, we're not against digital comics. We just can't promise we'll read them. But um, if you do want to check out Jack's work, he didn't include a link to it. So, just Google Jack Mulqueen Nightlife Noir and hope for the best. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. Alrighty, so before we get into our interview with uh, Gabe Mason Howell, a couple quick things. Uh, you can find us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash gutterboys. Uh, you all probably already know this, but in case you're a new listener, for just $5 a month, we do bonus episodes on our off weeks from the main feed. We also have a new way to get there that's a little bit easier, and because we love top over here, you can also get to our Patreon by typing into your address bar, gutterboys.top. We do want to shout out Philip Myra. Uh, Philip actually bought us that domain, gutterboys.top. Shout out to Philip for buying that for us. We definitely appreciate it. Philip actually has a Kickstarter going right now for his comic Crackle Volume 1 and 2. You can check that out online at kickstarter.com forward slash projects forward slash Philip Myra forward slash crackle dash vol. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> uh, Hang on. You know what? Hang on. Just Google you it. Yeah, you could check out uh, Philip on Instagram at Philip Myra, P H I L L I P M A I R A. And he go. has a link in his bio to his Kickstarter. There you go. Much better. Much better. Yeah. So, yeah, um, if you do want to throw us some money, though, uh, go to gutterboys.top or patreon.com forward slash gutterboys. We are very uh, thankful for all of our patrons. We were talking off air about ways to, you know, make the Patreon better. So we should have more news on that sooner than later. Uh, once we get done at the drawing board. Oh, uh, also, if you're listening to this, you probably know my recent autobio comic for Riot Fest got posted on their website at riotfest.org. Hell yeah. Uh, this story was something that I did after I was approached by Riot Fest to do a comic kind of celebrating the 25th anniversary of Asian Man Records. Uh, so this is sort of just a personal look back to high school me. Uh, also, shout out to Caroline for catching the uh, typo there. I did not include the space between <laughs> high and school. Uh, 
So that's going to drive me nuts for at least a week. So when we say editors are watching, we mean Caroline. Yeah, Caroline is always watching. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, I, I, I got a huge positive response from it. So shout out to anybody that shared it or posted about it. We really appreciate that. Uh, also, triple shout out to Bianca Zunis for recommending me over to Riot Fest and, and getting me that gig. So I really appreciate that. And of course, shout out to uh, Mike Park who uh, seemed to really like it. So that's nice. I have a uh, story about Mike Park, actually. Oh, um, yeah. Go ahead. A little, little sidebar about Asian Man, and I'll make it quick. This is why your strip hit home with me as well. When I was I was 13 years old, and I was in California at my grandmother's house, and I was flying back to Kentucky in like two weeks, and I'd ordered like three Alkaline Trio CDs and like a mustard plug CD from Asian Man, and uh, I was really worried that they wouldn't get to me in time, and I would have to like redirect it to Kentucky. So, at the time, I had found, you know, Asian Man through Punk Planet. They had print ads or whatever. So I called the number and was thinking like, you know, I'm like 13. So I'm thinking everybody has like customer service or whatever. But like a guy answers the phone and they're like Asian man records. And I tell him the story about how, you know, I'm leaving. And he was like, oh, I'm just going to upgrade your order and just ship it priority. And I think he could tell I was a kid because he, you know, he was really nice and he didn't charge me anything. And all the CDs showed up two days later. And I found out via an interview like a decade later that Mike Park like answered all the phones and ran Asian man out of his garage. So just a quick little sidebar of my interaction with Asian man. Nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mike uh, Mike has been running that out of his parents' garage for the last 25 years. It's a very small operation. I think a lot of people don't really know that, like you said. But uh, uh, yeah, he, he's. I think he has maybe like two other people that work there. But really, that's it. He does most of the work. Uh, so yeah, it's uh, obviously I, I don't really listen to a lot of their catalog anymore. I right. kind of I kind of aged out of it. But yeah. listening to a lot of that stuff was definitely kind of my gateway to more music in, in many ways. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, I can't express how uh, grateful I am for for. Finding Asian Man Records and uh, really appreciate them uh, doing the work, you know, doing that DIY stuff. It's it's important. Hell yeah. And um, I was just looking at the calendar and uh, I know this intro is going a little long, but I do have to get my shit in as well. I have a second printing of Staycation coming out on July the 9th. It's a Friday with the Strangers Drop. We're making more copies this time around, so hopefully everybody stands a chance to get one. I can't anticipate whether or not it's going to sell out or not quick, so just stay tuned to the Strangers Instagram, but it will drop on July the 9th at noon Eastern Standard Time. Yes. Gentlemen, start your bots. (laughs) (laughs) It's hype beast time. (laughs) Yeah, I think that uh, Connor McCann dude uh, has a comic coming out and uh, that shit looks sick. So I'm glad that he's going to be part of the drop with me. And there's going to be a couple of retailers that are also going to have it. So if you don't get one in the initial drop, you know, there will be some stores popping up more than just wig shop like last time, though. So it's all about trying to make it more available to everybody this time. So if you needed a copy, get one then. All right, so we're going to take a quick break, and when we return, we will be joined by Gabe Mason Howell, so stick around. We'll be right back. This program is brought to you in part by a generous donation of $12 by the Michael Sweater Foundation for the Arts. At Michael Sweater Foundation for the Arts, we are committed to supporting stuff that rocks. Michael Sweater encourages you to also sign up for the Gutter Boys Patreon and to buy the latest issue of Strangers, Bubbles, and other zines about comics. Also, please make more zines about comics and comics history. It doesn't even have to be good. Also, Silver Sprocket rules. 
Rust Belt Review is a quarterly comics lit magazine featuring serialized and short form comics from some of the most exciting cartoonists in the small press scene today. Volume 1 features work from Gutter alums, M.S. Harkness, Audra Stang, and Caleb Arecchio, along with work by Andrew Greenstone, Sean Knickerbocker, and Juan Jose Fernandez. You can order your copy of Rust Belt Review today by going to rustbeltreview.org. Enter in promo code GUTTER to receive two bucks off your order. Again, that website is rustbeltreview.org. Promo code GUTTER. Soggy Landing. Soggy Landing is a tropical island destination full of magic and adventure. Soggy Landing. Soggy Landing's parlors serve the grog of your dreams. So soggy, so strong. Soggy Landing's board of tourism warns, Wizards not welcome. Any wizards will be summarily executed. No warlocks either. Soggy Landings Punch and Judy show you the part when Miss Piggy and Kermit fall. What in the world? Soggy Landing is a webcomic that you can read at studygroupcomics.com. Come to Soggy Landing. There's plenty to do in the rain. Journey into the Unknown. Worlds Unknown is a brand new independent comics anthology brought to you by Chemical Garden Press, and it's live now on Kickstarter. The book was created by cartoonist Gavin Mackey and features nine incredible artists with vastly diverse styles and stories. You can grab this beautiful 92-page paperback for only $9 plus shipping. A steal. They also have a bundle that comes with a beautifully illustrated exclusive shirt that you won't be able to buy anywhere else. You don't want to miss it. Back the project today by looking up Worlds Unknown on Kickstarter. Hope to see you there. To keep up to date on the anthology, follow at Chemical Garden Press on Instagram. Now, back to our program. Welcome back from the break. Uh, we are joined by our special guest for this evening, Gabe Mason Howell, formerly Chicago-based cartoonist, now in beautiful Los Angeles, California. Gabe, how are you doing? I'm all right. How are y'all? Uh, doing okay. You know, just uh, enjoying this lovely Midwest summer weather. Yeah, it's hot as hell where I'm at. It's like 91 and it feels like a swamp outside. So I've been chilling in the AC. Good, nice 69 degrees. Oh, that, that nice number. Yeah. 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 Everyone tries to convince you that LA is perfect weather all the time, but it is really fucking hot here too. It can get brutal during the summer. That's oh, right. totally. Yeah. yeah. I remember uh, spending summers out there when I was younger and there would be like heat advisories on the news and I'd never seen that in Kentucky. <laughs> So, uh, Gabe, let's talk a little bit about uh, about your work. I usually, I guess we haven't really asked this question in a while, but uh, why comics? Why do you make comics? Um, cause they fell into my hands at the wrong time, I guess. Right time, wrong time. <laughs> yeah, I read, I picked Unlikely, or How I Lost My Virginity by Jeffrey Brownup when I was 16. And I don't know if y'all mm-hmm. read it, but it is like crybaby autobio as fuck. Uh, <laughs> oh, for sure, yeah. And so that's where this started. 
That was the first comic I read. I didn't do like much manga or superhero stuff. That was my basis. Did you seek out other Jeffrey Brown books or was it just that one? Yeah, that's kind of when I, why I went to SAIC because I knew he teach there and I had a class with him, which was what it was, you know, very exciting, but meeting more of the press, people who can't take compliments that you look up to, you know? <laughs> right. Right. Well, so what was it like having him as uh, an educator? It was really cool. I feel like, you know, there was college is college, right? Like just a weird time and all. But uh, at SAIC, I think Caroline came on here and said some of the same thing. But me and her both went to school together, Caroline Cash. And we kind of knew like who all of our teachers were. Or I was like filling her in for a lot too. And like, you got to check out like Keeler. Like I knew the work of like what our teachers are fucking doing and a lot of the students were coming in just like doing web comics or like literally like chibi in 2016 and it was frustrating like having critiques or like teachers definitely played favorites with us i feel like because we knew like we knew who they were we knew what we kind of wanted to do so it was frustrating to have to give almost time from your role model up for them to go around and like fucking have to talk to someone about their trash comics <laughs> totally. <laughs> so do you feel like it was a beneficial experience though, like uh studying comics with an academic focus? Yeah, I don't regret it at all. I mean I was fortunate to be able to do it and to go to school. I am very like pro, you don't need any the best comics almost are from people who have no fucking idea how to really draw anyways, but <laughs> right. <laughs> I enjoyed my formal education, I guess. I feel now that I am out in the world, like, doing illustration work. I'm like, what the fuck? I don't, like, why didn't anyone talk to me about this shit? Where do I get my invoice generator from, you know? Everyone's <laughs> yeah. like... Yeah, like, the, the real stuff. <laughs> yeah. Like, what comics make you happy? I mean, speaking of your comics, I have a pretty decent catalog at this point of, of your work. Because I think we met, gosh, that had to have been, like, 2017, 2016, around there. Uh, when I met you through, you know, Cash and, and Yewan. Yeah. Uh, we've had a lot of SAIC alum on this show now that I think about it. It's where to go. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So your work was predominantly Rizzo or Rizzo, if if I'm remembering correctly, I including your most recent book. Yeah, Brad printed my most recent book, but all my Rizzo work before was uh, self-published. Right, yeah. The SAIC, they give you access to a, a Rizzo printer, right? Yeah, oh, I did like an internship with Spudnik and kind of saw what like Matt was fucking around and doing in there. And as soon as I was finished with that was when like they first got the Rizzo at SAIC. Yeah. And I had a class with Connor and I had like, fuck, how do you pronounce Connor's last name? Connor, this is terrible. Fucking, he did all the breakdown press books. Regardless, cut from that. I took a class and basically kind of knew what was up when they first got it in there and was just like, fuck, got the fuck around with it. And having like a very basis knowledge, I was just trusted with it, you know? Yeah. So I got to be there when other people like weren't supposed to be able to use it and shit just because I knew like, it's not hard to do. It's sick to have one. It's hard to get access to, but I felt like a hack printmaker. I feel like everybody feels like that when they're in printmaking. Yeah, but I was, like, in the print department, and all I used was the risograph. Everyone's making these huge, beautiful, like, lithos and shit, and I'm like, here's a six-page comic. There's only three colors, but I spent, like, you know, the last four nights awake finishing it, so 
Passing, like, little zines around classes was weird as fuck. If you ask any litho person that, like, specifically works in that medium, and they're just spending, like, hours and hours and hours, like, uh, you know, rubbing a stone, they would say the same thing. Like, you know, everybody has that doubt about their own work and their practice. Fair. Your your work, I mean, speaking of auto-bio, you predominantly work in that space. Yeah. It just, like, fits. It just feels right. Yeah, and, and in the book, I mean, there's, I mean, obviously you reveal quite a bit about sort of, you know, your upbringing and your family and whatnot. Were you raised in a, in a very, like, religious family? Yeah, I grew up in, like, very rural Virginia, like, on the North Carolina line, and there was all the, like, weird Southern Baptist stuff. Everyone's very, you know, religious there, but then my mom was from Louisiana. Mm-hmm. My dad was a farmer, and she married him, so she was very strict Catholic, though, which wasn't super big there. I mean, right. there was a little community, like, there was a small church, but I still have the Catholic guilt I would have had if we lived in New Orleans, probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was raised uh, pretty strict as a Southern Baptist. Uh, my, you know, my mom was a devout Christian, or still is, so I, I can kind of, uh, you know, assume what that was like. Yeah, I didn't fuck with it. Did, did your dad do the whole speaking in tongues thing? Speaking in tongues? No, but they did have a church in the, like, little town of 450 people they live in that had black curtains. Like, it was an old gas station, I think, converted into a church that had all these, like, black curtains around it. And they said it was, like, one of those Baptist churches of snakes. Like the snake throwing thing. Oh, that's wild. Oh yeah, right? I, I had a I had a pastor that did that shit. That's crazy. Totally. Yeah, it's it's pretty wild. He had like a bunch of terrariums in a shed outside his house, and every once in a while he would like give tours and show off all Whoa. these snakes that he had. Yeah, no. See, like I can do this because God is keeping me alive. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's pretty wild. It's pretty wild. I fuck with that. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, the new book, Overshadowed by a Castle, which is like, you know, like we said earlier, uh, available at Bread Press. Yeah, beautiful book. Amazingly beautiful. Thank yeah. You. This yeah. thing is so nice just as an object alone. Yeah, totally. But also the contents are really amazing. I mean, the drawings are fantastic. Again, you're you're working in autobio, but it's how do I put this? Like it's not as it's not like a one to one with, say, for example, Jeffrey Brown's work. Yeah, it's, it's like it's so it's literal. Like veiled. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't do that to people in my life. Like, I've, I've written some autobiographies, like, very direct, like, super direct, and I just feel weird. I don't know. I, I wrote this, like, 40-page book about me and my wife meeting, and I was all put out with this guy, like, Cardo was super pumped about it, and realized, like, just, I can't, like, I can't. It shows, too, like, much of me, I guess, like, my body, and I don't know. It just didn't feel right. I fuck with, like... I don't know, just doing this poemy shit, I guess. Well, and where does the uh, influence for the imagery in your work come from? Because it's very uh, distinct. Yeah, that's very much almost like uh, childhood uh, storybooks. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And I almost like, and I don't mean this as a dig, but it almost like reminds me like of like a demented, like precious moments type thing. Like there's like an edge to it. You know, it's not totally, I, I don't know. I can't really articulate what I'm trying to say with that, um, but it, it seems like there's like a like almost like a gothic uh, undertone. Like, where does that influence come from? Well, I mean, I guess for as far as the drawing style, I was looking at like, you know, when you're looking at reference images for shit and you stumble across like a lot of free vector art type oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like what a lot of tattoo artists are using. And I was noticing that and I started uh, 
I found these books on eBay, these Dover books that are actually just like big treasuries, like anthologies of all this like free shit people made for like book templates and started digging around and being like, who are these artists? Like, who is this shit that I'm like just looking at using as reference for a lot? And I came to find that most of these illustrators actually are, uh, there's this group called the Red Rose Girls. Yeah, the Red Rose Girls, who were some really, like, popping off famous women illustrators in the early 1900s, mm-hmm. who his work, like, will be paintings, but then I'll see, like, shit on Pinterest, stuff that's just been, like, fried almost over. Like, mm-hmm. so I'll see so many images, like, I don't know. I just, it's nice digging to the bottom of it, kind of, and fine. I'm just, I feel like I'm stealing somewhat, but, uh, the best artists have already done it, kind of, you know? So I take mm-hmm. influence from a lot of just, like, what is free to use, like... Or not free to use, but just, like, what are some cool references, and that shit just kind of calls to me. I really like uh, Art Nouveau-type design, too, and really, I don't know about, like, why I can't use anything but black. I struggle with color. I'm glad Brad colored my book. Oh, he did the coloring. He, I had to ask him to, like, change. I mean, it's pretty simple, right, just with the vibe. I'm so bad at picking color, even though I feel like everything I look like is ad is mostly, like, watercolor painted. Nice. Yeah, there's like a a mahogany that kind of overtakes a lot of stuff besides the black. That's really nice. Some touches of navy, it looks like as well. Yeah. I'm um, flipping through it as we speak. Yeah, it's subtle. Um, I like that. It's very nice. Yeah, definitely. And it's it's one of the best uh, feeling books that I got. It's just a really nice object, like JB said, so I can't applaud you more on this. And uh, it's such a personal story. And, you know, I don't know too much about you personally, but, you know, I know just from meeting you, you know, I think I've met you a couple times and I could tell that this was more personal than not. And um, I didn't really, you know, think of it as auto bio until I'd read it before you uh, came on today. I read it this morning. And at first I was like, oh, they just took, you know, parts of, you know, their life, it seems like, and put it in there. But um, it definitely reads as just like very, uh, you put your heart on the page, both, you know, with the writing and it looks like with the actual drawings as well. I mean, it's just, they look very labor intensive, you know, the stuff with like the houses and like the individual feathering on the roof and everything you know it's just really incredible stuff it's just shading porn <laughs> to extend some of it it's just like yeah, yeah. i'm at the perfect amount between espresso and like hits on my bong and i just get zone in you know what does your process look like do you try to make yourself draw often or is it just does it come in waves Honestly, I feel like I don't really sketch much. I'm like one of those arto in my note apps writing poem people mm-hmm I guess now I'll, I'll start off with a lot of writing and I'll just be thinking about things that I really want to draw and trying to put ideas together. I feel like I'm mm-hmm. randomly like going through old writing and trying to patch things that end up eventually making some sort of narrative and then it kind of takes a book form from there. You know, I don't really like, I'm jealous of people who can write a story and thumb everything out and write everything out and do it in chronological order. I'm just like messy emotions everywhere and patching it, patching it together to figure out what it will eventually become. Yeah, everyone has like their uh, their own way of approaching making a comic. The the standardized version of doing like the thumbs and then layouts and whatnot. Like even I don't really follow that. Like I find that process pretty tedious uh, and and kind of boring. Like it doesn't engage me as much as uh, maybe kind of being all over the place. It it's not efficient, that's for sure. But I prefer that method. Totally. Maybe I also like 
I've never really written a full story out. Like, I'm just not that good at storytelling, so I have to do all the bio. Well, I mean, you say that, but reading the new book and also reading your previous work, you do a great job of telling narratives. I agree. Yeah, I think, you know, it's very, like, uh, poetic in its own sense. And um, the prose, well, I don't want to say prose because it's accompanied by illustrations, of course, but the actual writing in the new book is, uh, it has a way of flowing and it uh, has, like, a certain mood that is established early on and you carry that mood until the end of the book. And I think that, in turn, makes you an effective writer, in my opinion. Thank you. This is the first time I've talked about my book, really, except for, like, with a couple musician people, friends I know through Laura, who all just think what I do is, like, so neat or whatever, but not real. Like, I haven't talked <laughs> yeah. to comic people. I haven't even talked to, like, Brad, like, vocally about the book at all. Really? That's surprising. Yeah. We did everything, uh, everything over the internet. No calls or meetings. Interesting. Huh. Well, I do want to talk about your new book, which I haven't ordered. I, I realized I need to order it today. You put out a mini comic recently uh, called Get to You. And um, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that's just a preview of a, a larger work that's going to come out in the future. Is that correct? Yeah, I have my first like little whatever book deal now, Secret Acres. I'm really excited. Oh, book, nice. A bigger book is coming out like spring 2022. It is a much longer narrative. Nice. Very cool. So, it's going to be longer than uh, Overshadowed? Yeah. Uh, Overshadowed is the longest book I've ever written. I just can't. I mean, I don't know. It's just, it's so hard to write a comic whatsoever. Usually, I cut things short and just be like, this is how I feel about it. Like, this is comfortable how I'm sitting. But for, I don't know. After I finished Overshadowed, I was like, I have to be working on another book. Like, I can't just fucking sit. And I had talked to the guys at Secret Acres before. Or they had come, came up and talked to me a couple of times, but they don't have social or anything. Mm. So I never really put names to a face. And so, like, finally, I found their, like, store or whatever, and it made me on him up. And I was like, hey, guys, remember wanting to do a book? I think we met in person. And I've just been, like, really consistently doing that. The mini comic was just, like, for a little bit of fucking extra confidence, I guess. And I was, uh, helping a college student make zines. So it was an example of self-publishing. Nice. So I do want to ask you, because with the new book, Overshadowed, as well as, uh, the Get To You mini, uh, it's not just, you know, a booklet. You know, there's a, an outer jacket. It came with a print with Overshadowed. And then Get To You is actually like die cut and has a fold out page that folds out into like a mini poster, but it's still attached to the book. So does the stuff like as far as like execution of taking it from just a normal book to the additional production steps, does that come when you're making the comic or do you go in with those ideas first? I definitely do it like while I'm making a comic, I guess, but I kind of have a backlog of ideas of things like that I wanted to do for books or things I wanted to self-publish and do. And I'm glad like I went to Brad of Overshadowed because I knew he could just make a beautiful book and he would have the budget to uh, make the cover like it was. And he seems really passionate about art booky objects too. I hope. I feel like everything I've seen from uh, Secret Acres is really nice like that as well. For sure. I've got a couple of their books and I mean, they've got a great roster as well. And I think you're a great fit over there. So, you know, congratulations on that deal. Is that a relationship you plan on pursuing past this next book or? You know, I have not like, I mean, quarantine, but I think Leon, who's the person I've mostly been talking to about it, is out of the country. Mm -hmm. He mentioned like between conversations with the pitch and the paperwork that I guess uh, 
he'll usually bring people out to eat or there's some sort of contact, but with both my publishers, I have actually not had any, like, physical or FaceTime type conversations about what we're doing at all. Do you prefer that? Just keeping everything no. online? No. No, but that's just, like, quarantine timing, I guess. I right. feel. So, in terms of, like, the book with Bread Press, you said that you and Bread didn't really talk much, like, uh, kind of about how this thing was – it seems all very purposeful, like, in terms of how this thing was designed – with the gatefold and the presentation when this was being designed how how involved were you like in terms of just like I at least I exactly what I wanted like okay. I, I came in knowing what I wanted the book to look like okay. and he was like I can do this okay yeah because like everything that I have by you seems extremely purposeful you know like everything mm-hmm. is so carefully designed and every decision is made so that's yeah that's not surprising but I'm I'm very curious in terms of like the new book that that we're talking about. How involved are you going to be in terms of like controlling, say, paper stock or like the feel of the cover and you know things like that? Oh, completely. That's I'm good. not. I'm going to be so on it. I'm very like man. That's why I love comics. Is for an object. Like yeah. you know. I agree. Fucking yeah. so many just like shit fanzines are these beautiful objects on my you know in my house and. I've never regretted buying a book, you know? Yeah. Like, just for it to be this, like, big, beautiful thing in itself. Yeah, I mean, that comes through. Like I said, I mean, your work all has intention in it, and it's all very, very well done. So, I, I'm I'm really excited about this new book. That, that's yeah. going to be awesome. Unfortunately, I only have the uh, overshadowed book, but, I mean, it, it's a perfect introduction. And I know that's, like, I guess the It book right now. We keep talking about the new one, but, I mean, this one's only been out for, what, is it a couple months or am I off on that? Uh, I finished in October and Brad put out in at the end of March or the beginning of February. There wasn't really, like, a planned drop. Mm-hmm. I think it was, like, it was kind of casual with Brad, like, because we've had a relationship, but it took some nerve and, like, a good... You know, I didn't really, I was kind of sitting around waiting for him to ask me because I figured at some point, you know, he's always been a big supporter mm-hmm. and he like went to my wedding, you know, but finally I got the background to be like, I have a decent enough idea to just be like, let's fucking do this. What's up? Awesome. For sure. So, um, I do want to talk about relocation. You know, you were in a, in one comic scene in Chicago that's very rich. And then LA also has a very rich comic scene. Have you, uh, give a preference on where you prefer working? I don't really, like, I don't know any cartoonists here, really. And everyone who does comic stuff is, like, big professional, you know? Yeah. I actually, the I got an email from Secret Headquarters, which is pretty cool, like a little mm-hmm. bookstore. The only comic shop I've been to here, that they were doing some sort of signing, uh, like a book signing. And I was like, oh, you know what? Like, I'll go, you know, I figure like some sort of a Quimby's vibe, like I'll go meet some comics people. So I rolled up. I didn't know who the artist was or anything. I was like, oh, I'll just peep. And I go in and it is a kid's like comic, I guess. So it's just like a line of parents. It's a Scholastics published comic. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and there's like a line out the door of parents and kids. I was just embarrassed and like, <laughs> Fuck. Like, <laughs> I really put myself out going to a comic thing. Fuck. I don't know. <laughs> what are some comic recommendations you'll have for Los Angeles? I just, I feel very isolated here. 
Yeah, I, th- I mean, I think the great thing about Chicago's comic scene is how centralized everything is, whereas out in LA, it's all spread out. The size of LA County is just so fucking massive, and really the lack of public transportation also doesn't help that either. Yeah, we don't have a car yet, and we've lived here a year, but I have lived in Chicago for six years. Like, I drove at my parents' house. I lived in Chicago for six years and didn't even think, like, you know, you think, like, oh, driving's like a bike, you know, you just, like, can get back behind the wheel. And I test drove a car and could hardly get out a lot. I'm like, I cannot fucking drive here. Yeah, in L.A. it's, so like, scary. crazier. It's not the place to pick back. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's, it seems pretty uh, nightmarish based on how people describe it. <laughs> yeah. The only uh, cool LA things I've done comics-wise, I've done Los Angeles Zine Fest a couple times, and that's always really fun, which I think I said hey to you at. I think you were there yeah, one year when I was I there. Did you do it the last year, like 2019? Yeah, yep, yep. Yeah, I think that was my first time visiting LA. I was like, fuck this, I'll never move here. (laughs) Yeah, I remember I was talking to you and uh, you'd like, just like, were telling me about all the uh, edibles and everything you'd bought before you came. (laughs) Dude, I was so fucking stoned. I, at that zine fest, there wasn't any food stuff nearby. No, there actually wasn't. Like, I'm so used to be something, so I just had my weed cookies I had picked up before, and all I ate the entire day was a bag of weed cookies. Oh my god. (laughs) And I I wanted a cigarette really bad, because we've been vaping. I think I was only vaping then, and it's always not the place to look for a cigarette, so it was just kind of like walking down past wherever the little area was, and it turned into some, like, weird, super bougie, like, mall-type thing, and I was like, fuck, I'm not on finding with a cigarette there and kept walking on and my f- I remember my phone was at 2% and I realized like I am completely lost and so stoned out of my line oh, like what shit. the fuck how am I going to get back to the scene fest <laughs> then fuck. I see a goodwill across the street and I'm like fully just like headed towards this goodwill not thinking like I was completely freaked out I was like what the fuck there's a goodwill like super hype and then bring in be like shit what am I doing I have to get back to the scene fest my wife is at my table <laughs> just browsing a good well <laughs> nice i was so excited i was like i'm fully going in here like i haven't gone thrifting in forever <laughs> like a moth to a flame <laughs> truly <laughs> I, I know we've kind of briefly talked about music but when i read your work it almost feels like this could accompany an lp well aren't there like stanzas like musical stanzas in part of it yeah there are yeah did you actually write out music by the way i can't read music so i don't know if that's actually like you I know, can, an old piece or i took a lot of different ones i was like i wanted to look aesthetically away but i had like copied several things i'm sure it's nothing if you played it but i was going like just passing different things together for how they look it was a nightmare i'm like why did i not just like fucking pull something online just completely trace it i did like write everything out i guess i can't it was just like for aesthetics you know Hmm. it was extra pain in the ass why to compose i guess everything well i think the sort of semi poem element to how you how you write and think about these narratives plays into that too there there is sort of like a a sing-song yeah element to this and and i know you're a big music fan like i know you've listened to a bunch of different bands and stuff but specifically MCR, I know you repeated how much you like MCR. I'm probably at some point, definitely. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what are you listening to now? I'm not listening to right now. Uh, going through, I was listening to a lot of Silver Jews. Mm-hmm. Nice. So it's been weird right now. 
I don't know. I fucking have y'all read David Bierman's comic? No, I didn't know he did one. Yeah, it's incredibly like super can't draw. It's called like the longest winter. I want to say. Let me like look my shelf. But uh, yeah, if you're a Silver G's fan, it's crazy how his how his writing translates. It's called The Portable February and was published by Drag City. Oh, okay. Did is it a uh, like a graphic novel or like a floppy? Like uh, it's it's has a perfect bound hardcover. It's beautiful. Oh, damn. Okay. Nice. Drag All City's a shitty. label, right? Yeah, it's a record label usually, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Chicago based, right? I don't think Drag City is oh. based out of Chicago. Let me look it up. Yeah, just I don't think I got, they are. I just got to know. Sorry. I think the last thing they dropped that I remember was that Neil Hamburger record. No, based in Chicago, Illinois. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. Wow. I did not know that this whole time. Yeah. Fuck. Um, what else? I'm assembling a Screamo playlist right now that's mm-hmm. going on like five hours on uh, Spotify. Then listen to you pretty religiously oh damn daniel warren johnson is somewhere rubbing his hands yeah <laughs> <laughs> that dude loves screamo <laughs> i don't know i've been it's just it's weird being around a lot of musicians i feel like i listen to a lot of my friends more before hanging out with them mm-hmm. you know there's a lot of people whose music i was listening to a lot and it's kind of weird being around people's faces it's kind of, i don't know why I mean, the music industry is just super strange. It's almost like made me anti a lot of like the new like pop thing that's happening right now that a lot of my friends are doing. It's like I see it just so much on like Instagram and I'm like, yay, go you. But completely, I'm not about to hit the track. I'm about to fall on some third eye blind and like <laughs> sulk while rooting everyone on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, it, it, it is kind of weird when you meet people that you, you've either been familiar of or followed their careers. I mean, I guess that would be the case with any kind of like creative field, whether it be comics or music or film or any of that. But uh, yeah, there it is strange. Definitely. But it's been cool like being out here because I have gotten to like meet some music people that I felt like weren't specifically through my life that I've, I've done things with. Like I did a face mask for Phoebe Bridgers. Oh, cool. Which is really weird and cool. And uh, I'm talking to Terrible Records right now about doing some shit. I'm about to do a shirt for PC Music. Oh, nice. So I don't know, just like some cool little random things. Mm-hmm. I think moving to Los Angeles is really like, I felt for a period, I have y'all ever gotten like weird about just being called illustrators and then like actually on a cartoonist? Have y'all ever felt like that? I feel like here's the thing. It's like with me, it's like the people that I would get offended if they didn't call me a cartoonist, like they're probably cartoonists as well. So they just know better. Not that they know better. Okay, let me rephrase that. Like, uh, like when you talk to other cartoonists, like you don't have to worry about that. And the people that would call me an illustrator, I don't really care enough about their opinion. <laughs> you know, it's usually like in pa- it's usually in passing, though, with me, you know, it's like, yeah, okay, I'm digging myself a hole here. So uh, but uh, yeah, no. So I mean, like, I don't know, I guess like I just like kind of just take it depending on who says it yeah i guess i, I don't really like mind one way or the other but i get what you're saying though because there's totally yeah, a difference yeah, yeah there is there yeah yeah i would feel kind of weird about that i think for a while because my work isn't super like panelly mm-hmm. and i felt like when people it was like kind of a slight or like uh, i see you know oh, okay. my friends okay. like not slight but i'd be like i'm a cartoonist and i like, talk about like comics with friends kind of and like 
kind of, you know, show people what I do and then you go to a party and they're like, oh, my illustrator friends. I feel like I've evolved fully into just like not really bringing comics up anymore and like socially or like in art environment type things lately. Like the move just hasn't. Well, you know, I think that says more about outside perspectives on what comics are. Mm-hmm. more oh, totally. than anything it's about you. It's to explain it. Yeah, like most people don't really read comics, you know, but most people no. do know what illustrators are. They know what illustrations are. It's like a more quote-unquote respected industry, and that definitely shows in terms of like compensation. Mm-hmm. True. I wish I was making, it sounds like you make more if you say illustrator probably. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think you yeah, do, yeah. yeah. yeah like yeah, if yeah, you yeah. look up cartoonist salary versus illustrator salary, it's like night and day. De- it's, yeah, it's depressing. Um, But, you know, that's probably why a lot of cartoonists and, you know, comic creators are doing more illustration-based work, uh, you know, because it is a more steady source of income. And and I can understand that from, like, an economic perspective. It it makes sense. There's there's no money in the comic end. No, no, absolutely not. And it's so for the love of... I try to explain that to people when I, I just did, like, a... It's crazy because I feel like I'm so fucking out this podcast, I guess. Like, I just can't speak. But over the past, like, what would have been a college semester, I guess, this past thing, I was a mentor for this KCAI student. Like, through their school program, I had to, like, do write-ups and shit, like, talk to them about art every week. I mean, it was nice they hit me up. They were like, oh, like, I'm interested in learning more about, like, self-publishing type things and the whole process, you know, I got them to do, like, that's why I put out that mini, the sampler or whatever. Mm-hmm. Just, like, kind of being the heartbreaking person, I guess. This, this guy was in his senior year, you know, about to graduate doing a mentorship. I'm like, this isn't, like, no, there's no, I can't point you to a job, like, <laughs> I can't tell you what, like, I make per month. I don't know what I make per month. I don't know what my friends are making. I don't know, like, fucking, you're just not, you're not going to jump out and do freelance work, unfortunately. Yeah, that's, like, the reality that most people that come out of school have to come to terms with. It's, uh, it's pretty bleak. Yeah, it was, like, they were just getting their first intro in the comics, though, and, like, books look so much more glamorous. You know? Oh, you thought their work looked more glamorous? Oh, no. They were just getting in the comics, and books look so much more glamorous when you're, oh, like, yeah. first looking at shit, you know, and getting an intro. I'm like, no, 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 no. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm going to break your heart here. Like, <laughs> it really is just a fertile love of thing. Well, at least you're making it look good. Yeah, I agree. You know, there's always that. I hope I do. I love it. I hate it, but I love it. Sometimes my wife gets mad at me because I'll be so frustrated about things or I'll be so miserable at a show. She's like, why do you do this? Like, why are you doing something that's making you this upset? I can't not do it. Yeah. I'm dead serious. Most of us I've been at, I've like gone and cried in the bathroom. Yeah. Do you just hate the grind of, you know, being there and having to sell your stuff? Like, what is it about shows that you dislike in that experience? I don't know. It's just like a weird, intimidating environment. It's like you actually are the product, kind of, which I fucking hate. You're like selling yourself at a booth just as much. Mm-hmm. And it's a weird thing. It's great for cartoonists, but maybe it's just from being really personal, fucking auto bio work and having someone stand right in front of you. Yeah, that's got to be exhausting. A little bit. I mean, d- I don't know. I don't even know like what our shows gonna look like in the future. Yeah, definitely. Especially after this pandemic stuff. Yeah, I'm I'm curious. We we've talked a bit about, you know, what the future of, of comic shows will be like and 
yeah, your guess is as good as ours, to be honest. Mm -hmm. So, but, you know, I mean, in terms of like uh, doing just very deeply personal work, have you ever like uh, planned out or made anything that wasn't as personal or as tied to you specifically in that way? Yeah, I actually did a super long, I did a 30 page horror comic my senior year of school. It was like the thing I had in the BFA show and I hand perfect bound all of them. Fucking uh, litho printed them, um, or not litho, offset printed them. And I, I just didn't like how it was received, kind of, or I don't know. I just felt like everyone who liked it had a weird vibe. The people who liked it? Yeah, I felt like the positive response I was getting was from people that I was like, not people were we like necessarily bad, but just like not the comic end I was hoping to appeal to, I guess. Or just I wasn't it wasn't what I wanted to be making. I was making it had all panels and like fucking backgrounds on things crazy and a ton of it was it was just weird. Hmm. It was weird. Um, what made you specifically uh, treat your approach to that book that way in terms of like doing those layouts and, and whatnot compared to like, say, for example, the recent book? I just really wanted to make a fucking like comic comic. Like everyone was like, oh, you're like drawings with some words. Like, you know, I wanted to make like a comic. Yeah, yeah, I get like, it. Like with the, all the shit. And I realized I didn't, really didn't like doing it because I don't like how any of those pages look now. Hmm. Really I don't know. I would consider writing what I'm the book I'm working on now is kind of a horror book, but with like a weird auto. It's the visuals are of this like cloak figure thing, like fucking like chasing down and trying to like capture these kids. But then the narrative is auto bioe, I guess, like not not as specific as overshadowed, mm -hmm. but kind of just like weird, vague, uh, vague deep concerns, existential type horror-y things just with some weird visuals going on that I feel like kind of match it. Yeah, I mean, that sounds good. I'm down for that. <laughs> All right, so it's weird. It's like, I don't know. Just don't talk to people about my work enough. I, I think the sort of internal battle about what makes a comic a comic is something that we hear a lot from both readers and from people who make comics. You know, it's like trying to set these parameters of like, this is what a comic is and everything outside of this is not a comic, right? Yeah. But I mean, one of the great things about the Chicago comic scene is that you have so many alternative comic creators who are really just kind of throwing that away for the most part. Like they're not really interested in following these set patterns of, of what makes a comic a comic, but rather trying to use the medium to explore whatever it is that interests them or the types of stories that they're interested in telling and putting that sort of as the main priority. And I mean, I, I guess I get the argument about, oh, it's just pictures with words, but it's like, that's that's what a comic is. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know what to tell you, <laughs> but it's like, you know, if it has pictures and it has words and they go along with each other and they're telling a story that way, that's pretty much a comic. Yeah. You know, when I look at your book, I don't think strictly storybook. The storybook element comes in from the aesthetics, which you play with, but in terms of like the format and what I think the book actually is, it's a comic. Nice. I'm glad. I'm glad you think that, or that comic people think that. Yeah, I, I don't really, I don't really see anyone picking this up and being like, oh, this is not a comic, except for like maybe you know people that aren't really familiar with the medium to begin with, or only know what comics are based on the parameters set by like you know one one of the big two publishers. 
Totally. I don't know. There's so many people in Chicago who are doing weirder shit, though. Like, uh, Yours by Margot Farrick. That's all their bio. Yeah. It's pretty left field. I feel like I've seen maybe some of Maggie's work that was autobiographical. I could be wrong. Yeah. I don't see any of that hesitation in your work. I mean, I understand you having it after the fact or during the process, but in terms of like the final product, I, I don't really see that, which is why I love the work. I mean, it's it very much knows what it's trying to do. Yeah, I I have a it's how how it like turns out, I guess, how I feel about it at the end. If it doesn't I think maybe I motioned something that I wish my work had more of, I guess, that, like, led with the narrative, and that's something that I'm, you know, I'm fucking up all different kind of ways to figure out page layouts or, like, what leads motion and what goes with my writing, right? Mm -hmm. But I'm trying to, like, have specifically panels that do, like, go into next or things that, like, you feel more a pull on the page as you would with the spread, you know? Yeah. I think that uh, the more people that are wanting to really push, I guess, redefining what comics are, uh, those are the people that I really, really follow for the most part, or at least I'm willing to pay attention to, because that's where you're finding some of the best ideas. And it just, it's people taking risks. I don't want a safe book, you know, like everybody can do that. So this stuff seems more interesting to me. I agree. Thanks. So whatever you're doing, keep doing it, is what I'm saying. Like, I understand the self-doubt bit, but like, you know. I'm trying not to be self-doubty. It's normal. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, no, no, no. Don't I, apologize. I, don't I, apologize. No, you, literally every episode I talk about how I don't reprint work because I fucking hate everything when it's done. Yeah. So I totally <laughs> yeah. get it. Yeah. <laughs> I totally yeah, get it. Right. Dude, right. I'm finally at the place where I think I'm sold out of all my like zines. I don't have any more of Overshadowed. Brad still has them. But uh, I don't know why we even table with. Like, I'm at the place where I have to start looking back and being like, am I not like... You know, if there's an event, am I am I gonna dig out these old things and make, like, will I go back and edit them, or am I just gonna try to put something in together into book form? Like, what now? Do I like this enough to recycle it? Like my horror book, it's fucking thirty pages. That's a lot for me. Right. But I don't know. I certainly probably won't go through the effort again, and I don't know if I like it enough to pitch it to anyone again because it's like fucking what four years old, three years old. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, it sounds like you already have a trajectory of, like, new work anyway. I think so. This book right now is 60 pages, or that's why I'm planning. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy to me that I might have a book that actually takes someone an hour to read. Yeah. That's bananas. I mean, what's a, a comic page is more like four seconds each, but close enough. So, I read a stat the other day that they said manga pages, this is, you know, in Japan, but they said the average reader takes eight to ten seconds per page. But manga is designed to, I think, move faster than Western comics. I think, like, my favorite thing about comics is fucking how you can spend so much time on movement, though, and go back, and how, like, all motion and everything is suspended in, like, this chunk, and how you can take that intimate time or and, like, kind of blow over everything that doesn't really capture you. Mm-hmm. But it's not like a TV show or something. Like, you're not going to go back a billion times while you're watching a TV show to really think about that specific, you know, that specific line or re relive it. You, does that make sense? No, I feel yeah. like I'm not that makes sense. That right makes sense. Now, it's but... a more intimate experience than passively experiencing like a TV show or a movie. 
you, you have more control. Like, even a real book. I can't go back in real books a ton of times. Like, with all the words, are you shitting me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it is satisfying to kind of go and flip back through a comic that you've already read and really taking in everything, especially the images, because that's what makes a comic a comic, in my opinion. Y'all don't ever, do you, like, just... Maybe I've just been reading too many comics alone, but I've just been thinking about Fire Day. I sat and, like, just kept going back to a page, like, four different times and sitting with it. And, like, I would not do this for anything else. Like, nothing else is making me think in that format, you know? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I I mean, that's what makes comics so great. Definitely. I would like to think people sit with a page of mine. Like, that was, that's just a nice thought, but, like, when I'm reading a comic, I'm like, wow, this is such a captivating, intimate moment for me. I hope I hope that's why I'm putting back out into the world. Uh, yeah, I'd have to say that that is definitely the case with, with your work, especially. Good. Really hard. Everything is so carefully rendered, and, you know, the pacing of everything is just so, uh, so intentional that you, you really do have to kind of go back and take your time with it and sit on a page. Because, I mean, I don't know. I, I've, d- I've done that with your work. I've done that with some other people's work. Again, that's what makes comics so fantastic as a medium, is that you are taking in all that stuff at your own leisure. Definitely. Time works differently in comics. It's, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, with your, your new book, uh, you said that's going to be in 2022. What else are you doing specifically? Like, are you planning on doing more work in comics? I know you're also doing some, like, illustration gigs here and there. Where would you like to see yourself in, like, five years? I don't know. It would be cool to do, like, editorials, I think, or, like, be given... I don't know. There's just so many different ways you can do comics and trying to, like, take my ideas and be like, I want to do, like, more comic-y things and try just different ways and different narratives. I would love to be able to write, like, Anya Davidson. Like, she could just... She does all of her punk rock shit, you know, and then can come out with Lovers in the Garden. Like, yeah. what the fuck? I want to have some, you know, just be fucking around, playing some playing some weird different narratives out and expanding on what I'm building. My empire, my girl boss empire. Hell Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, life's so different. I didn't see myself here ever. I mean, yeah, maybe I saw, I mean, you started dating a musician and like you end up moving. I guess a lot of people end up moving to LA, but it's just such a different, such a weird fucking dynamic and being away from the comic scene. I wonder how my comics like will evolve just from these experiences. Like I could go on a dark route and start exposing like all these celebrities and crap that I meet and some really detailed dirty mess, I guess, or I could start writing more, more subtle things. I think, I think the work book I'm working on now is more subtle, like at auto bio, but not quite as like jabby, like, oh, I actually bringing it back. This is the, this is the author's head, you know? Yeah. And, you know, I am actually very interested in seeing your relationship with Los Angeles, like on an aesthetic level and the types of stories uh, that you're going to come up with from being there. I'd, I'd imagine you'll probably get more opportunities also to see sort of L.A. County on a larger scale once um, the pandemic maybe calms down. But... Yeah, I've definitely really only been in my place. Yeah. I don't know. I want to do more comic-y things. Definitely, like, I will do any type or not any type, but... Just different, different actual comic jobs where people are like, I don't just want your drawing for my band's t-shirt. Right, and he's like, yeah. I want you to write this thing for me, actually, and have your own little, you know, y'all do it. 
the thing. Yeah. Well, whatever it is that you end up getting into, I'm sure it'll be great. And, uh, you know, me and Cam will be there to check it out. So. Yeah, for sure. Super cool. It's super cool you are into my work. Yeah, I'm a huge fan. I'm going to buy the zine as soon as we finish uh, this interview here. So, because I've been meaning to do it for a couple of weeks. Certainly just message me and I'll send you one. No, no, no. It's totally cool. I don't mind supporting, especially while I've got this unemployment coming in. You know, that's a once in a lifetime thing. So, I've been trying to pay it forward to the community and spread some of that money around instead of responsibly saving it. I feel you. Going back on shows, when do you see yourself going back into that mode of tabling? I mean, like I said, I am out of things. I just had so much printed from having free use on the Rezo at my school. Yeah. The, I used my, I just bought a printer to actually work. This is Xerox. I made my last thing on, but it was, I don't know, so much fucking work. So much fucking work. Maybe I'd reprint something small for fest, but I used to, you know, just apply to things and have a little roster of shit. Maybe I'm, Hoping I would be able to maybe do something with Secret Acres. Like, I've never done TCAF, so maybe if they're going there, I could be like, what's good? Could I be here with y'all? Right. Hell yeah. yeah. And you don't have to, like, be there for, like, an hour or whatever for the signing, and then you wouldn't even have to be at the table. Yeah, right. Or uh, fucking roll Cardis crew. Right. All the diskette gays. I really hope that she... I get to put out some stuff with her soon. I think once this gets ring again, they don't have a pretty popping roster. And a lot of young queer artists are going to be flopping out some great shit. Hell yeah. Yeah, I mean, hopefully we'll run into you at TCAF. I still have my uh, are they invitation gonna, are from they gonna like let, 2019. Yeah, are they going to let that stand? <laughs> or was that only, did you have to redeem it during the digital version? No, I think I, I believe that they're allowing that to carry over to the actual physical oh, show. Oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. Is there going to be a 2021 show? Uh, I don't think there is going to be one. Space in Columbus is the only thing I know of. Yeah. As far as like a physical show. I'd be super hyped to do it though now after just not talking about art and comics forever and being in not Chicago. I feel like I'd be super pumped. But like, yeah, I don't even know what I'd bring. If I just brought t-shirts and prints, I'd certainly probably make it about the same as I would if I brought any comics at all. But I'm like, what comics would I even, you know, what what will the future table look like? I really, I really certainly don't know. Yeah, well, I'll be there, so I'm going to figure it out firsthand, unfortunately. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think we're all going to have to figure it out together, whether we want to or not. (laughs) Yeah, we'll see. Should we uh, get into questions? Yeah, all right, so we got some listener questions. As always, if you want to participate in the show with our guests or, you know, send us questions, uh, you can follow us on social media at Gutter Boys Pod on Twitter and Instagram. We usually put up in our stories the ability to send in questions with guests. Um, and we also have a Discord, which you can join that we take questions in as well. Uh, if you want a link to that, just DM the show account and I'll hook you up with that. Anybody can come. Just don't be a cop. And uh, yeah. All right. All right, so we have some questions here from our listeners for Gabe. Uh, first question comes from Instagram user BD Kepley. Uh, they ask, Gabe, love your work. Did you start drawing before or after you started reading comic books? In the, in the part two, which we already answered, were there any specific comics in your life that inspired you to start out? So I guess anything outside of Jeffrey Brown's work. Did not fuck with any comics before that. Yeah, I was drawing before. I got direction, I guess, when I saw comics. Actually, it's weird. You know, Brian Baines got me in the comics, oh. like, without really knowing. My I grew up in Virginia, and uh, 
I had a friend who had this major crush on him who was older than me that was going to college. He was like, these, they became an oily subscriber. So we got all the issues of like the end of the fucking world, like way early because she, or they were just hearing the shit that he was recommending and we were eating out. And I didn't even know who Brian was really and have put the name to bubbles recent and been like, motherfucker. <laughs> Small world, right? Like, my comic <laughs> taste is yours. I mean, yeah, who's doing comics in Virginia? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but small press is a small scene. Certainly. I've never told them that. Alrighty. I don't know what this means, so if you don't want to answer, it's totally cool. Uh Instagram user Unioxy said meow meow meow. Yes or no, it's very important. Fuck that shit. Okay. So yeah, <laughs> we're gonna cut that then. Uh Okay. Uh friend of the show and listener Jazz, uh they just wanted to say hi, love you. So that's nice. Yeah. I'm a jazz fan. Yeah, jazz is yeah, making jazz- great work. Which, yeah, Jazz is really Yeah, good. shout out to Jazz. She's in an anthology soon. Instagram user crayon underscore shaving said, do you have any advice for younger artists? Don't make comics. <laughs> right? <Yep. laughs> That's, that is the no, right answer. People think just you're being a gatekeeper with that, but you're really just trying to save them. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't yeah, know. Real. Comics saved me. I guess yeah. just to fuck around the time. Fuck around and find out. Yeah. You'll know it's for you. Now I know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Instagram user Canito underscore rules asked, what is something you've wanted to draw for a long time, but haven't been able to? Carousel. Oh. I don't have the technical skills. Hmm. Wait, really? I don't know. It would just take so fucking long. I just see myself screaming with a roller and hitting the bong really hard already. <laughs> I'm really bad at basic math. So it's hard. It gets hard. It's really hard doing fucking columns and shit, but yeah, I think you can do it. I believe in you. If I need to make like a cool art print or something, yeah, like a fold out print, the back roster in my mind, you know, the grand opus. One day it'll come to the surface. Yeah, for sure. Hell yeah. So, um, let's see. Last question came from Instagram user Ollie Show. I'd love to hear about how they found such a cool community of other artists to be around. Damn, Chicago. Looking at where, I just was like looking at where all these cartoonists I was reading were living and the first time I went to Chicago was a fucking, this whole episode is just me and whining about missing Chicago, (laughs) but certainly just meeting and being friends with people whose comics and work I like, forcing them to like me too. I did that hard with Noel Freybert. I don't even know how to pronounce his last name right, but I'm his largest fan and just like fan fanboyed out hard and now now we talk and exchange work and it's yeah, it's just talking to people, reaching out, getting the balls, getting ready to hit, get hit to get hit too when it's an awkward cartoonist and they're weird to you and you take it really personal and think about it for the next six years. For sure. Do you wanna move back to Chicago? You think you ever will? I hope so. I mean, we're trying to see how this plays out. It's certainly just as whatever being a musician now could be really good. And this next album go a different direction, I guess. I don't know. My life is going in a crazy place. And I'm just like day drinking in Starbucks cups <laughs> and fucking going hard on this comic, rolling with it. I do. I do like the party. So maybe my opinion will be changed in a little bit when finally I'm drunk enough to be like, no, 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 not, not, not like a comedian, like comics, comics, but it's show. It's show. Let's do a bump. <laughs> yeah, that's, that is very LA. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. So uh, where can people find you online? Do you want them to find you online? <laughs> find me online. Certainly. 
I'm not super big fans of people drawing me. That's not something I feel like the other cartoonists deal with too much. I mean, I don't fucking know. That's Wait, this the only is, thing online. This is a thing? Uh, I mean, yeah, I'm just friends with people who are kind of popping. Like some queer people that are popping, I guess. And by a suit, people really like me and my wife because we're trans, I guess. I mean, they really hate us, too, but uh, <laughs> it makes me feel really strange because I can't have these, like, awkward internet experiences. I can't really be like, Caroline Cash, you have people drawing you and your fucking girlfriend and posting them, like, saying, like, happy pride, my dream goal couple, my mom and dad. <laughs> Super bizarre, like, yeah. I should be paid, like complimented, but it's just fucking like totally. it's weird. Yeah, yeah, that's bizarre. Her her fans think I'm an asshole, like a complete asshole, because I just go like I don't know. It just makes me anxious. It's not the cartoonist way. Well, it's and I mean to be completely that. honest, I mean you're a personal extension. You know, like that it, that's digging into your partner's personal life at that point if they're drawing you. You know, because you're not putting yourself out there in the same fashion. You know, so I totally understand how that's super weird. Yeah, it's certainly not something I really, my music friends here, like many people here can relate to. Cause it's like my face is my work and my work is what I can control. Like I'm controlling my face. I just got Botox for the first time, but I can control my work a lot better. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Curate from afar. So then, yeah, they just get like pulled from the other end randomly. It's like, uh, I want to think I'm like confident or, you know, try to, fucking take it as it's not a scary thing people aren't coming to kill you but i don't know tell me tell me how you feel about when people start drawing you i'm sure it's coming both of you better boy uh fan art yeah i wouldn't like it the only thing people do online with us is uh call us bitches and facebook feeds all the time yeah. <laughs> Dude, some child commented on a picture of me from 2016 the night before last someone needs to put a round in this one wow isn't Fuck. that bananas i've never even heard that i looked and i was like a fucking child i was like what is happening right now like yeah that's super yeah fucked. No yeah way. kids these days it's an yeah. instant block for me. I don't even block anybody, but that's a block block worthy offense right there. Bananas yeah, I mean, we the the only time anybody's ever drawn us were instances where friends were including us in like an auto bio ish type of comic. Yeah. Yeah, I actually just, uh, someone reached out to me about some weird stuff. Like, I've just been trying to heavily stay off Instagram, but, uh, it was someone trying to inform me just about some crap, and I kind of, like, I was like, just, like, please literally don't tell me. But it was this, like, young artist, and I saw above, like, they had sent me a lot of requested DMs about, like, hi, would you, like, look at these, like, drawings of, like, you and Laura or whatever. Like, I like some feedback, and after, like, kind of blowing up on this, not blowing up, but just being, like, literally please don't talk to me as a child i was like here's my email though if you want to like actually send me some work like i'll look at work if it's like i prefer not me and my wife but like yeah bring it on like let's have an intimate conversation i'd like to give you feedback help push you if i can don't no face pics but like yeah totally you know yeah, well, that's good of you, at least, to try and extend somewhat of an olive branch to a potential weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I want to have that olive branch. Like, I want to talk to more artists, definitely. It's just hard to... You can't trust these hoes, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. definitely. <laughs> the age of trust has ended. <laughs> yeah, I was talking about earlier with my wife, or like... 
it's like first time you or like the first couple of times you've been around a dog you get bit you're probably not gonna want like dogs <laughs> near you right again even though dogs are cute and you know they're not all evil you're like fuck i'm probably not gonna want to be like petting dogs anytime soon or really letting them into my life yeah. I mean, another thing, too, is just like the sort of the fandom that's from, you know, your wife's music career and that spilling over into like the comic fandom. Like That's a whole other thing that neither me or Cam have any experience nor understanding of. Did y'all yeah. see the, uh, y'all saw the, um, Thought Crisis Zone with mm. my machine? Oh, yeah, yeah. The Hanselman thing. Yeah. Simon Hanselman. Yeah, that yeah. was a weird one. Is that a... I mean, it's just a, oh, I was just saying, I think it's just like weird shit. Like it's just weird shit merging. Yeah. I remember. And you know, just about that like video, I remember I talked to you at LA Zine Fest and I'd started, I think I started following you, whichever came first, Cake or LA Zine Fest. That's when I first met you and I saw you at the other, but I remember following you and you had just posted a link to the money machine thing and it just blew up. I remember like seeing it in real time. Just it being, was all me. Yeah, it was all me and my less than thousand hmm. followers at the time. I blew them up. Yeah, it was like it was crazy because I remember seeing it and I was just like, and then I started hearing it on playlists and I was like, whoa, <laughs> you know, it's kind of taken aback. It was cool. Yeah, I, I mean, I like to think like you know, I mean, I'm glad if you don't know me very well and you read my book, you don't think it's just like some whiny little bitch because that's how I feel about a lot of my writing, especially though about like this really kind of dreamy relationship, I guess, but the weird dynamic between, like, where our practices do touch is strange, and sometimes I am sensitive about, like, oh, like, fucking Simon Hanselman, like, loves you, and he's never acknowledged me, or something, like, just weird things that you're like, oh, this is supposed to be my end of it, but you get, I don't know, it's strange, but I'm really, I'm really happy. I wouldn't want to be friends with someone who didn't really like her music anyway, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So it's cool seeing, it's cool seeing it, but it is unnerving uh i don't know if i could table with her again which is kind of crushing mm -hmm. yeah that, that's wild like i've i've met your yeah. wife a bunch of times and i know nothing about gex like absolutely nothing other than the memes that i come across and even then i still don't understand they're very vague it's a whole thing kind of like you didn't think it's a thing but when they're together they have a whole like weird fucking vibe and Laura's not very theatrical or anything but they have something weird going hmm. on like in interviews they're always super fucking weird <laughs> yeah they just come up with like bogus answers and roll with it I wish I I wish I could be cool and chic and like quiet like them kind of and give really strange answers but here I am just apologizing a million times and stumbling <laughs> over my words. Like a real cartoonist. I don't know. There you go. Like a real cartoonist. <laughs> I don't know. Y'all have some good people on here. Yeah. Yourself included. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now you're on that roster. Yeah. All good people, really. But I've heard some really good talks, very insightful things. And I don't know if there's anything insightful that people will get from this <laughs> other than... Mason does not like Los Angeles. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you know, I think that you've laid down some interesting things that I didn't know. Uh, yeah, so, same. Uh, you know, I don't know. Maybe I'm not as objective because I know you, but I, don't, I, I think this is a, a good talk. Mm -hmm. Thanks for reaching out to me. Yeah, no, this is literally the first time I've had a conversation with any other comic person about my book, like a conversation conversation. Yeah, you were telling me about that, and I was actually kind of surprised that that was the case. I just assumed you had done some sort of, like, mini book tour with interviews and stuff, but, uh, you know, what do I know? I mean, those small presses, like, and it's a weird time in the world. I I don't know. I'm very, it's a weird time to, like, finally be getting, getting something out. I was excited my first, like, published book, but everything's been so, you know, 
nothing. Yeah, yeah. So it's hard to, like, have underhype or overhype mm-hmm. for that. Right. Well, you know, hopefully you'll avoid a- another pandemic with your new book. <laughs> or, or I could put the new disease in my new book. Oh, <laughs> that's the move. Right <laughs> there you go. That You're playing 4D chess there. <laughs> Certainly. You know those things in books and like Barnes and Noble that uh, are chips. If you walk out with them, they'll go off. Yeah. I don't have those in all my books, but it's going to be the disease. It'll be like anthrax. <laughs> you press it and it just sprays. <laughs> <laughs> so watch nice. out. You're going to love my new one. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That gets the gutter boy seal of approval. Yeah. Well, Gabe, thanks so much for coming on the show. We, yeah, we thank really you appreciate very much. that. It was good talking. And uh, hopefully we'll, yeah, you know. sorry for all those technical issues. Oh, no, don't worry about it. That yeah. it, that shit happens more than I think people realize on this show. Uh, yeah. But, and you're more than welcome to come back on our Patreon feed where uh, less people listen so you can uh, talk shit. Yeah. Fuck yeah, you yeah. can go off. It doesn't matter. Everything is like from the hip yeah. on the Patreon episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Have some spicy Discord going on. Oh yeah, always spicy. Really? Did y'all make the fucking meme about like fucking Chris Ware or Jazz whatever? Did or Jazz found it? Yeah, I forget. That, made, that hurt my stomach. Yeah, I want to say <laughs> I want to give credit to Jazz, but if Jazz says they just found it, you know. That's just the the nature of memes, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Really? Who made that? Come on. Yeah, <laughs> it's very <laughs> specific. <laughs> yeah, if you're listening to this, it had yeah. to be all. No, no, yeah, I wish we <laughs> fucking drew that. Listening? <laughs> yeah, if you're listening to this and you made that meme, please let us know. Yeah, sorry we got 400 likes off your work. <laughs> 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 Don't worry, exposure, it's good. Yeah. No, I will stab them for making that. Don't do that shit to cartoonists. <laughs> Don't you dare. I'm the fucking gatekeeper for all comics. Ew, my drunk ass. <laughs> oh, shit. All right. Well, thanks again. And, uh, Hopefully we'll cross paths at one of these, you know, post-COVID shows. Totally. You know, and until yeah. then, listeners, thanks for uh, tuning in for another episode. Uh, and until next time, stay gutter. Just love salsa, and they love the boys. Know we from the go, boy, but we cannot go, boy. No, I don't know, oh boy. I know he's a pro boy. Rory's and Rovers, convertible Lambos. Disrespect and love, boys. You won't speak again, boy. Don't think that I'm playing, boy. No, we don't use hands, boy. No, we don't do friends, boy. Good luck, bend up a landlord. I can slice a commas. I can fuck. So, 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 so,
Yeah.